0: I'm Trent Norris, fund manager at Sterling Capital.
1: And this is Michelle Nipko. I'm the podcast host, and welcome to the One Trade Podcast. All right. Hi, Trent. Hi, everyone. We'd like to start the podcast by sending our thoughts and prayers to the people of Ukraine. I just can't imagine what they're going through right now. I admire their fight. Anyway, thinking about you. Um, on with the podcast so last week in the markets trend it just felt like opposite week to me russia invades ukraine and the markets are up right i was watching the e-mini futures on wednesday evening during the pending invasion and they got down to around 4100 and my thought was here we go. We're going straight into a bear market. And then the market's reversed during the day and the S&P ended the day at 4294 and then Friday at 4385. So the S&P was actually up 1.2% last week from Monday to Friday. That just does not make any sense to me, Trent, with the inflation and all this geopolitical unrest. So what do you think about the last week? What are your thoughts? Cuz I'm I'm confused.
0: Well, Michelle. Well, we did warn last week that bear markets can have rallies, and the sentiment got extremely bearish, and everyone loaded to that side of the boat, and I believe Thursday was short covering, and then some retail buying came in. I would That's just remind good. listeners that war is only going to make the global energy crisis worse for the time being and add to the inflationary woes. I don't think the markets are factoring in how aggressive the Fed is ultimately going to be.
1: You know, I agree with you so much, Trent. I think these geopolitical issues will
0: just make inflation worse. Right. I think of the Fed as a boa constrictor wrapped around these markets and any energy the markets can muster, the Fed is going to come in that much more tight on policy. They have essentially warned the markets that this is their M.O., The Fed is fully aware that they are behind the curve and should have acted yesterday. They marched out Buzzkill Bullard (laughs) once again. And he (laughs) reiterated he wants to see Fed rates at 100 basis points or 1% higher by July 1st. And he says Ukraine will have minimal impact. (laughs) I I like that name, Buzzkill Bullard. You like that?
1: Uh, I like it. I do. I do. Um. As you mentioned, Trent, the war may just exacerbate the global energy crisis, translating into higher energy prices. So for us, that translates into higher gas at the pump, right? Higher utility bills, but also higher gas utility bills for companies that are manufacturing service companies. And so really everyone, and those increases in costs will result in their passing those costs onto consumers through pricing. So really prices will go up everywhere. Buzzkill Bullard, I think he's right on, in my opinion, to raise rates to hopefully lower this this pending inflation because we're all going to feel it.
0: Right. And, and I think it's probable that the Fed will hike us ultimately into recession, and it may only take a few hikes. Like if we look at the yield curve, it's flattening as the short-term rates are rising faster than the long-term rates. A yield curve inversion where the 2s are higher than the 10s are almost a guarantee of an impending recession. So watch the 2s and 10s. Watch those yields closely. As we get closer, My mainstream financial media will give it non-stop coverage.
1: You know you are right on trend inverted yield curve has in the past been a reliable indicator that a recession will follow in the next one to two years. and you know to explain the yield curve inversion a bit to those of you that aren't familiar, um, one reason inversion happens is because investors are selling stocks and shifting their money over to bonds they've lost confidence in the economy and believe that the small returns that bonds promises might be better than the potential losses that they would take by holding onto stocks during a recession. So demand for bonds goes up and the yields they pay go down. This widespread loss of confidence explains why inverted yield curves have preceded every recession, every recession, pretty crazy, since 1956. The last inversion was in August of 2019. Um, A U.S. recession followed in February 2020 when the, of course, we all just coming out of the coronavirus pandemic began. So a couple other examples in December of 2005 um, heralded the Great Recession, which began in December of 2007. Um, There was also an inversion before the tech bubble in 2001. Correct. So where are we right now? Currently the two-year... U.S. Treasury bond is at 1.48 and the 10-year is at 2.002. So that's structured as we would expect. But in February, the 10-year increased 8.8% and the two-year increased 31%. So if we continue on these trends, the curve should invert in about two months. So that's not good news given
0: the history that we've seen. All right, Michelle. Well, hey, I'm going to preach a little bit. Is that okay?
1: (laughs) Sure. Of course.
0: All right. Well, we need to talk about biases and how they affect our trading and investment decisions. And this is something I tell myself often. So be careful at looking at an asset class or a company as a religion. It's easy to get caught up in narratives, right? Like here's some obvious ones that pop into my mind. Bitcoin, Tesla, and gold. And I'm actually preaching to myself here because... Uh, and maybe some of you guys can relate the only time the religious now insert diamond hand emoji conviction plays pay <laughs> off is if we get that incredible euphoric rise in the investment and we are given ample time to take profits close to the top. So think about Bitcoin. I'm sure plenty of good investors wrote it from a $10,000 and exited at $20,000, right, a double, which was the previous top in 2017. Well, the Bitcoin zealots out there, on the other hand, got the opportunity of taking profits at $65,000. And so my personal bias is in the precious metals and specifically silver. And, and if you know me, I've fully bought into the silver narrative, right? It's the only commodity today that trades uh, at 50% of its 1980 high in the inflationary decade of the 1970s, it outperformed real estate by 17 times as mortgages continued to rise. So in the in the 70s, like a tiny silver company, Coeur d'Alene Mines, went from 10 cents to $65, right? A 650 X return.
1: Oh wow.
0: Right. So That's so amazing. my point is is that I will outperform many investors who might potentially take profits way too early say in this trade, if it were to go to the moon. But I also need to acknowledge my bias and make sure that I don't hold on too long and give back all the gains, right? That, that'd that be a travesty.
1: It's a really interesting point, Trent, when to take profits. Personally, something as an options trader that I've been doing with my options is to split the purchase into tranches of thirds. I set my limit order to take 50% profit for a third, 100% at a third, and I I let that last third ride. So um, the underlying stock may reverse back and I break even, but it has the potential to be asymmetric. And really, the gambler in me really enjoys this last third. (laughs) Third. <laughs> the accountant in me enjoys taking profits. So it just kind of feeds all my different personalities of trading. Right. Um, but I do like this methodology because it allows for capture of some profits, but allows for some potential for asymmetric trades. I'm sure you're out there thinking, well, Michelle, what if it all goes against you? Because that happens quite often as well. I have a stop loss, the same across all the tranches. So my losses are not asymmetric. Okay. So just something to think about.
0: One thing I've realized is that Twitter is an incredible indicator to gauge sentiment and when something gets too hot and is due for a big reversal. And I basically called two tops in crypto this past year and actually the uranium stocks as well in November. And it's so much easier to do this when I have very little skin in the game in that particular trade. (laughs) You can see it on Twitter. When everyone won't shut up about how smart they are for making a fortune, that particular trade is about done. It's really that simple. (laughs) So I want to tell you a real story about um, a buddy of mine, Dan. And I went to go visit him in April of this past year, and he lives in Idaho. And anyways, so he got in on the crypto trade pretty early in, actually, it was actually late 2020, and took Bitcoin and then... Uh, went, rode that from like 17 to, I think it was I'll probably botched this, but I think it was like in the 40s and then, and then rotated that into the altcoins to get more leverage into crypto. And so he had multiple, multiples of gains, right? I don't know if it was four or 5X, something like that. Anyway, so when I went out to visit him, um, what's interesting is as I'm, I'm like, hey, I'll meet you, I'll, I'll take you out to this restaurant and then we'll have lunch. And then when we got to the restaurant, he shows up and I go, hey, man, what's going on with you? And, Basically, he told me, he's like, hey, I just want you to know that I've eaten at this restaurant three times in the past week because three different individuals have asked to go out to lunch with me to learn about what I'm doing in crypto. Uh-huh. Right away, the sentiment indicator to me is going. The, the red lights are going off, right? And I, I wanted to ask him. And so then I asked him, I said, hey, are are these people sophisticated? you know, investors, or are they just kind of, just kind of getting into it? And he said, "Oh, no, they don't know much. They're just wanting to learn. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, this is such a sell signal. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Right. It was really cool over those next few days that I stayed at his house just to see him, the, the internal battle after making all that money, knowing, not knowing, but, but trying to figure out, do I sell or not? Right. I knew, I, I was pretty sure that I had a good idea that sure. he's closer, a lot closer to the top than, than any type of bottom. But to see him then, you know, wrestle through that, and I wasn't about to influence him, because you don't know at that point, it's like, these things could double again. And I don't want to be the guy, I don't be the friend who goes, hey, you you know, make you took profits too early. But that's something that, you know, with experience, you kind of let people learn themselves, right? Right. Like, they have to make that decision, because those are big decisions. So anyways, uh, just to see him, like be able to wrestle with that and then make the right decision and completely clear out of the trade in April, that was one of the tops in crypto. So um, just kind of, that's a story of, of a real life story of, of how to gauge sentiment. And when you see that kind of over the top bullish sentiment euphoria, when, when, when people that aren't in investing are asking you about your trade, it probably means it's over. So just wanted to give that wisdom out there. I people. think it's a
1: good point. And, and I think something we've talked about uh, before, Trent, is the time to buy crypto was a couple of years ago, or the time to buy Tesla was a couple of years ago, right. right? And I think part this podcast, what we're trying to find is those asymmetric trades right. early, right? So then- we all can say, hey, we were in that early when it was $0.33 cents or $3 or that sort of thing.
0: Exactly, so, right. We want to be yeah. in the things that are like buying tech stocks in 2009 and buying real estate in 2009. That's the type of investments yes. we want, right? And, exactly. and it could be it could be real estate in 2012 or tech stocks in 2013. So we don't have to nail the exact bottom, but we just want the wind in our sails. And I think right. that's what a lot of people are missing and they're holding on to the past, right? Most people are looking in right. their rear view mirror. They're not looking through their windshields. That's just how people in general are wired, right? To remember yep. the past, kind of be stuck in what worked for them in the past. So oh, for sure. Yeah. So on that note, um, so I've been waiting to jump back into the uranium trade. And I believe that I got a signal this week to do so. So, oh, Trent. Is this the trade of the week? It is. Yeah, let's talk about it. So it's- Let's hear it. The trade of the week is the Sprott Physical Uranium Trust, or SPUT. The ticker symbol is S-R-U-U-F, or in Canada, it's u dot T O. And so why uranium and why nuclear energy? Just a few things on nuclear energy. So it protects Mm -hmm. air quality. It is zero emission clean energy source. Nuclear energy's land footprint is small, and it produces minimal waste. And so what Sput does is it invests and holds substantially all its assets in uranium. It's the world's largest uranium fund, and it's a liquid and convenient way to own physical uranium. And so Sput is a great way to get exposure to the uranium market without individual company risk. So it is soon to be uplisted to the New York Stock Exchange and this should encourage more institutions to buy in. Nice. And with this global energy crisis abounding, it is very encouraging to see nuclear power once again being embraced by both sides of the aisle in many circumstances. And I've been waiting patiently to re-enter the uranium trade as the sector got a bit overbought last year. And it, If you look at the chart of SPOT, it looks to me like a textbook breakout after months of consolidation. And if we look at the SPOT price of uranium, it's been an uptrend since 2018. And so with that, I just want to give a shout out to Justin Hune, who's really an expert in this space, and at the Uranium Insider, and he's just provided a ton of info on Twitter. You can follow him at Uranium Insider on Twitter.
1: Trent, I like this trade of the week because I think energy is going to become so critical with all this geopolitical unrest, all the reliance we have on Russia. Who knows what's going to happen? Oh, yeah. We're in the middle of
0: an energy crisis and with no end in sight right now.
1: Right. So who knows what's going to happen to oil prices? It's already up almost to 100. It's like, once again, it was opposite week for me. I thought it was just going to keep going up. It kind of came back down. But uh, who knows where it, where it's going to end up, right. and we're also reliant on it. So um, I just think, I love your argument for uranium. I think it's something that people don't necessarily understand very well. There's a lot of misperceptions out there. Right. I, I agree. It's zero emission clean energy source, and I think a lot of people don't know that.
0: Well, and it's 24-7 baseload energy, so it just keeps on going. It's not intermittent, right? Oh, nice so right it's something that countries are starting to talk about you know reopening reactors adding new ones putting new ones online building reactors so it's starting to get a lot more publicity and it just makes sense going forward especially with trying to reduce our carbon footprint cool
1: i like it yeah and just looking at uranium i was looking at a graph and it's it, the highest price it ever was was 130. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and what is it right now? It's like 30. 42. So Yeah. 42. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got a lot of upward uh, room to grow. Right. To become asymmetric like we are looking for. Exactly. Yeah. So awesome. All right. Thanks, Trent. you know, I'm uh, – not sure what's going to happen this week. It's going to be another interesting week. And once again, thoughts and prayers to the people of Ukraine. There's um, so many more important things to think about there than um, what our markets going to do? Take care, everybody. Take care, Trent.
0: All right, Michelle. Thank you.
1: Have a good week.
0: All right, everyone stay free.
1: And that's the podcast. If you like the podcast and would like to hear more each week, don't forget to subscribe. And of course, we'd always appreciate a review. If you'd like to contact us to learn more about Sterling Capital or just to say hi, you can email us at onetradepodcast at gmail.com. Let's have a great trading week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. And now for the required risk disclosure material in this podcast is presented solely for informational purposes and is not to be construed as solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any securities or any related financial instruments, nor should any of its content be taken as investment advice. One trade podcast accepts no liability whatsoever for any loss or damage of any kind arising out of all or any part of this material. We recommend you consult with a licensed and qualified professional before making any investment decision.